we're going to be there a lot today. Uh, Romans 1.16 will be our starting point. <clears throat> Last week we started talking about the gospel. Um, talked about repent, repentance on last week. Um, today we're going to do a little teaching on baptism. Um, I know a lot of us have been baptized, but it's good to know why we were. And if you haven't, you can be. So let us know when we get her done. Romans 1.16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation, to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greeks. So, the gospel of Christ is the power of salvation to everyone that believes, the Jew, the Greek, everyone in between. So let's pray one more time together. Jesus, hallelujah, God, I thank you God, for your word. God, I thank you for your spirit that's here this morning. God, I pray that you would minister. God, open our eyes to your word. I pray in Jesus' name. God, I thank you for, for the cross. I thank you for the gospel. God, I pray and let your will be done in our lives. In Jesus' name, God, help us to apply this to our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can be seated if you'd like. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, we're going to use the Bible a lot today because... I mean, my opinion's great and all, but whatever the Bible says is what matters the most. So uh, I apologize, but I'm not sorry. <laughs> the gospel message is, is how our lives are changed by the power of God. The gospel, as we said last week, just a little recap, the gospel will not work if you take away something from it or if you add something to it. Galatians 1 and 8 says, but though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be a curse. Paul's saying, you know, if anybody comes and they try to present any other way to be saved, any other uh, message, then they're wrong. And this is how it is. And if, if we ourselves even try to change this, we are wrong. Let us be a curse. Let him be a curse. And it's not about what, what I say or what you say or what they say. It's about what the Bible says. It's about what the Bible says. It's not about us versus them or right versus wrong. The Bible is right and everyone else is wrong if they're against what the Bible says. The gospel, I mentioned last week, has three parts. The death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 to 4. If you want these verses after, we'll get them to you because there's a lot of them. Verse... Uh, Verse 1 to 4 says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I have also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he rose again on the third day according to the Scriptures. So this is the gospel. This is what Paul says, the gospel in a nutshell is Jesus you know, died for our sins, he was buried, and he rose again on the third day. So the word gospel means what? Good news. <laughs> good news. I thought you knew that. Gospel means good news. Comes from the Greek word euangelion, which we practiced last week. <sighs> but if you <clears throat> I don't know if you noticed, but the first time that the, the message is preached in Acts chapter two, the people say 
You know, what do we do? You know, that's a weird thing to say because, you know, you get news, you don't generally say, well, what do I do with this news? You know, like, well, that's nice. Glad to hear that. That's good. And then we move on. But when they, when they preached it, they said, what do we do? Right? And it's because this word that the gospel, the word gospel comes from, it's what they call a circular word. It's something, you know, you hear and something has to be done. It's a military type of word. So uh, it means like when, when somebody comes to say that there was a victory, we won the war, there's some response that comes from the people that hear the word. So they're like, yes, we won the war. And everyone's like, yes. And they rejoice and then they shiver and they jump up and down, whatever they do. But there's some sort of response that comes from the good news that they hear. Um, so, so Peter's preaching in Acts chapter 2 and they, they get this good news and, and there, there needs to be a response to it. You know, like after you, if you heard that the war was over, you know, there's some sort of response. You heard that, you know, how the election went, there was some sort of response that happened within you, maybe... Whatever. But there's some sort of response that comes with, with certain news. So this is what it is. And, um, so that's why when they, when they heard the, the gospel preached for the first time, they said in Acts chapter 2, verse 36 to 38, it says, Therefore let all the heavens of Israel know assuredly that God hath made the same Jesus whom you have crucified by both Lord and Christ. And that's where Peter kind of ends it. And it says, verse 37, Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart, and they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? So they, they heard the message, they heard the good news, and they said, Okay, what do we do with this? There's got to be some response. And Peter said unto them, Repent, and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So the gospel is that Jesus died, he was buried, and he rose again. So our response to that needs to be the same thing. So we repent, Peter said we are baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins and we receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And this is our response. This is our, you know, our response to the good news. The book of Acts is what we call the hinge of the New Testament. So you've got the, the Gospels, you've got Jesus' life, you've got what Jesus did, what Jesus taught. And you've got Acts, you've got what the church did and how they applied what, what Jesus taught in, in his life. And then, and then the rest of it, you get the, the church's the teaching. But the book of Acts kind of connects those two. Yes. And shows us how they live, what they did, and you know what we need to do. Yeah. <clears throat> and so many people today, um, they think that we're saved just by um, accepting Jesus as our Savior or asking Jesus into our heart or believing on the Lord. Um, as we'll see as we go through this, that's not all that's necessary. That's not how it works. Um, many Many times when people do this, it's not even real repentance because, you know, we talked last week, real repentance is more than just saying I'm sorry, but there's actual a change that comes, comes with it. So if there's no change, there's no real repentance. So we can say, you know, I've accepted Jesus and then kind of go about our lives, do the same thing we always did. And, you know, there's, a, there's no change. So that means that there wasn't, you know, real repentance, something that didn't happen. And so we use an example like, uh, like kids. Uh, if you have kids or you've been around kids, um, they'll go and play, which is good. And then after a while, you'll hear some crying, some whining, some fighting. It just happens. You did it. They do it. Everyone does. We still do. But anyways, there'll be some fighting, there'll be some crying. And then you'll hear one of them say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Because they don't want the other one to go tell. They don't want to get in trouble. 
right, I'm sorry. And then, so the other one doesn't go and, and tell, you know, you're, you're listening to this, you can hear it all. And five minutes later, it's the same thing again. Because <laughs> another person didn't go and tell, they didn't get in trouble. So they weren't really sorry enough to change, they weren't really sorry enough to stop doing what they were doing when they were, they were sorry because they got caught and there wasn't any change. So that's, you know, if we just say, you know, I'm sorry and, and we continue doing what we said we're sorry for, you know, there's not real repentance, there's no real change. So there needs to be something that happens. There needs to be a change. So um, sometimes people, they'll repent and then they kind of stop there and say, you oh, know, that's good enough. You know, God forgave me, that's all I need to do. And, but that would be the same as, you know, if they just left Jesus on the cross and said, okay, he's dead, you know, that's good, and that's it. There was more to the story, yes. right? Yes. So repentance is important, and we need to do it often. You know, there's things that we still do that we need to repent of, but it's not just enough to repent. There needs to be something else that happens. So Paul told us that the next part of the gospel of 1 Corinthians was that Jesus was buried. You know, he died, he was buried, he rose again. And, and Peter told us that our next step in, in applying this to our lives was baptism in Jesus' name. And the gospel is the good news, like we said, but it needs to be applied, which is implied from the Greek word. And so the good news is Jesus died, buried, rose again, so we need to do these three things to apply it to our lives. Repent, baptize, go the Holy Ghost. All right, we're on the same page? Okay. If you're not... We'll get there. So repentance, you know, symbolizes our death that we talked about last week. So I don't know about you, but uh, some of you guys, what do you do with them? <laughs> we should. <laughs> right? When somebody dies, they gotta be buried. Um, <laughs> generally, that's what you gotta do. The next step, or you should. If you don't, there's gonna be a mess. You know, there's. There's a forensic anthropologist, Kathy Reich. She writes books about this. There's a whole show based on it. And people that had a body and didn't bury it properly, and people found it, and they go to jail. I'm not saying, you know, murder people, whatever. But if someone, someone dies, someone, they need to be buried. That's what, that's what the natural thing is, needs to happen. So baptism is that. So we've died in repentance, and we need to be baptized. We need to, we need to be buried. <laughs> Romans 6 and 4 says, Therefore are we, we are buried with him in baptism unto death, that like, sorry, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. So we've we repented, we need to be baptized, we need to be buried. So just before Jesus ascended to heaven, he commanded his disciples to go into all the world and preach the gospel and to make disciples and and to baptize them. Matthew 28, 19 says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. So that's part of teaching. That's part of being, becoming a disciple. That's part of the process is being baptized. So water baptism is part of preaching of the gospel. Jesus expected all believers to be baptized. He promised salvation to those who believed and were baptized. Mark, 5, or Mark 16, 15-16. He said that, he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. Believing and baptism, they go hand in hand. All right. So I grew up in this. Some of you did. Pentecostal church. Uh, 
I was in a, our church was a little larger than this, but um, people were getting baptized often. People were in the Holy Ghost often. People were praying for each other. We saw all these things growing up, and I was like, well, this is cool, this is nice, whatever. Um, <clears throat> at our church, we had a big, our baptistry was behind the, the platform. Um, you know, little side walls you go in behind, whatever, change rooms, all that stuff back there. It was all fancy, and <clears throat> they had this big sign over, you know, welcome to a brand new life. You know, my grandfather loved that sign. Is that whenever I come to church, I look at it like, yes, this is good. And I remember once we had a, you know, a couple people would get baptized here and there. But once we had a Chinese uh, daughter work that was started uh, in our church, and they baptized I think eight or twelve or something all at once. It was pretty awesome. They're so fast. They just, just like, go. It was just like it was amazing. It was the first time I saw anything like that. It was really cool. And you know, I thought it was neat that people were being baptized and. Um, I didn't really understand everything growing up, but you know I thought it was cool. So I don't know, maybe maybe you're in that kind of boat. Maybe you've you've, you've seen it, you've heard about it, you don't really know why, um, you know why we do this or or whatever. And maybe you've asked the questions, you know who, what, when, why, how, whatever. So we're gonna try to answer those um, this morning. So who should be baptized? Why should I be baptized? When should I be baptized? What happens at baptism? How should I be baptized? Where is obviously in water? <laughs> Those are the big questions. So let's just try to go through this. And um, if you're taking notes, God help you. There's a lot of verses. So who should be baptized? Every person who has believed the gospel of Jesus Christ and repented of their sins should be baptized. Acts 2 and 38 says, Then Peter said to them, Repent. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Verse 41 says, And they that gladly received his word were baptized. Okay. And then Acts chapter 8, verse 12, it says, But when they believed Philip preaching these things concerning the kingdom of God, in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized. Both men and women. So both. There wasn't any enemies running into that. But both men and women were baptized. So, if you're one of those, you're included. Those, are, those who are old enough to understand the meaning of repentance can be baptized. We wait until children are old enough to understand the meaning of repentance before we baptize them. Some churches, uh, they practice the baptism of infants, um, but that's not in the Bible, and it started about 300 years afterwards. So, try to stick to the Bible. Um, it's different than what's taught in the Bible, but uh, you can't, logistically, you can't repent of your sin if you don't understand that you, you've sinned, right? So, I'm not saying you can't baptize children. I was dying when I was baptized. I already got the Holy Ghost. I repented, so, you know, but a six-month-old baby doesn't understand a lot of things, so anyways. So if you're old enough to understand, which is all of us here, you should be. You can be baptized. Alright? So why should I be baptized? Second one. Well, the Bible says so. We need to follow the example set by Jesus. Matthew 3, verse 13 to 15. It says, The coming Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have no need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou 
Oh, I have need to be baptized to thee, and comest thou to me? And Jesus answering said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. And he suffered him. So Jesus was baptized. So we follow his example. He did it as an example to us. And because the Lord commands it in Mark 16, 15 to 16 that we already read, it says, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and baptized and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And because the apostles preached it in the New Testament church, practiced it, and that's what we're supposed to be trying to be like. Acts 10 and 48 says, And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord, and they prayed him to tarry there certain days. So they can be commanded them. He said, You need to be baptized. You need to do it. And in Acts 18 and 8 says, And Crispus, it's a good name, sounds like chips, but the Crispus, the, the chief ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord in all his house, and with many of the Corinthians hearing, believed and they were baptized. So it's smart, you know, if you believe, you're going to be baptized according to the Bible. All right, so the Bible tells us to do it. We're good? Yes. So we got the who, we got the why. Yes. All right, when? Here we go. Are you guys okay? Anyways, when should I be baptized? In the Bible, there are no delayed baptisms. Acts 2 and 41 says the same day. Acts 16 and 33 says the same hour. Acts 9 and 18 says immediately. Acts 10 48 says he commanded them to be baptized. And Acts 22 and 16 says, Why tarriest thou arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord? Excellent job, Cheryl. And as soon, so as soon as you have believed and, and repented, we're going to go through those again slower. Acts 2 and 41 says, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day were added unto them about 3,000 souls. So as soon as you have received it, as soon as you, you know, realize I need to be baptized, there's no need to wait. There's no need to, you know, maybe I'll do it next year. Maybe I'll do it um, 14 Thursdays from now. Maybe I'll do it on my birthday. Whatever it is, you don't need to wait. You need to, you know, get it done as soon as you can. And Acts 16 and 33 says, He took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized after, I'm sorry, he and all his straightway. This is the jailer. He was like, we got to go. It took him and then baptized him right away. And then Acts 22 and 16. Now why, Terry, is that arise, be baptized, washed away the sins, calling on the name of the Lord? Why? What are you waiting for? Let's go. Let's get up. Let's get baptized. Let's take care of that. Call on the name of the Lord. So as soon as you've repented, you're ready. All right? As soon as you repent, you're ready. If, if you don't repent, it's not going to work. you got to repent, and then whenever, you're ready. After you repented, you're ready. If you, if you don't, you're just taking a bath. <laughs> That's so You're just getting wet. It's going down a wet center, come up a wet center. If you don't repent. So you repent, and any time after, you're ready to go. All right? You can do it before you get your life straightened out. Some of us feel like, well... I'm not ready yet because I gotta get everything all fixed and all situated, and then maybe I'll maybe I'll do it. Maybe you know we're still, I'm still struggling with some stuff. I'm still dealing with some things. Maybe I'll do it when when this happens or that happens. Everything falls into place, and that's never gonna happen. Because you need God to get that fixed. We don't get good to get God. The old saying is, we get God to get good. So if you wait around until you're perfect yourself and you know got it all lined up, I'm ready now. I'm I'm good. 
get everything fixed up in your life, you feel like you're worthy enough to be baptized, uh, it's never going to happen. So good luck with that. You'll never be able to do it. So none of us are there yet. We're still on our way. Baptism isn't about you being good enough. It's about the sacrifice and blood of Jesus being good enough. Because you'll never be good enough. Sorry, that hurt your feelings. But it's true. So if you've truly repented and you're ready to leave uh, your sin behind with, with God's help, you know, you're ready to be baptized now. You're going to fill the old tank up with cold water. Ask Jeff, she's pretty cold. <laughs> He's a tough guy too. <laughs> it's cold though. Well, we can get it. We can get it ready. Hallelujah. Whenever you want. Whenever you're ready. You know, yeah. If you repented, anytime that's good to go. There's no reason to delay your obedience. If it's a, a Tuesday afternoon and you want to get baptized, let's do it. Amen. It's a whatever. Yes. Whatever you want. I don't care. We'll do it. That's what the Bible says. Why wait? The same hour. Whenever you're ready. Four o'clock in the morning. Let's go. I'll wake you right up. Amen. <laughs> uh, we are back to the Benin story because we can't have service without one of those. So um, we went and baptized a bunch of people um, up in a place called Sekou, which is nice. That's um, where they grow pineapples, which I've never seen before, which is pretty cool. Uh, but it was a Saturday. It wasn't a Sunday like normally. It was a Saturday and... They had a bunch of people that said they wanted to get baptized, and so we went up and, and drove an hour or so, and we had a little service before we did some um, teaching on, on baptism, we did some prayer, and had some time of repentance and stuff, and then, uh, I'm pretty sure I've told this a few times, but we all went down to the water, and, and there they, they like to get baptized in running water, and the closest place to have running water was way down this dirt road, because all the roads are dirt, obviously, and... Um, this little culvert, and maybe 10 feet wide, couldn't see the bottom of it, pretty murky, slightly sketchy. Uh, the missionary wouldn't get in, <laughs> the other missionary wouldn't get in. They're like, hey, you do it, and I'm like, let's go! If I'm going to die, this is a good way to go. So <laughs> the pastor, the local pastor there, Francois, he's a good guy, and he goes in first to make sure there's no... I'm guessing he was making sure there's no pythons or anything in there, which I didn't think of until after. I didn't realize that they could swim and stuff. And uh, So he goes in to make sure there's nothing dangerous in there and that we're not going to die. This is nice of him, really. And I think he's a good risk his life for me. <laughs> make sure there's nothing there. He's patting the water. Making sure. And he's like, yeah, it's good. Come in. And I'm like, all right. They get in and we started baptizing people and it was awesome. And I think the 20, 21 or something, you know, got baptized that day. We're just, he's telling me their names. I don't, I can't pronounce them. I'm just like, Jesus, the name we're going with them. We're helping, to, you know, working together, baptizing people together. It was awesome. Um, slightly sketchy. I was itchy afterwards. <laughs> A little worried about that. Had a change in the bushes. That was fun, but <laughs> we didn't wait. You know, we didn't wait until, you know, we got the, the little baptismal tank shipped in and we got chlorine and had everything nice and whatever, you know, sometimes you just do it where, where you're at, you know. You got to, you know, Bible says, why wait? So we went and we got, you know, baptized them. And we did another time 
a little better water, but uh, it's good. And I told this story for my friend Neil. Um, uh, he had been going to church for a while and thinking about being baptized. wasn't quite sure if he should or not. And, and um, on Sunday night, our, our pastor was preaching on um, the coming of the Lord and Jesus coming back and, and being ready or not and heaven, hell, all that intense stuff. And he was in one of those old school, you know, you were afraid. Yeah. Yeah. One of those, I've tried that, but it's just not my personality. And no, please. He was, he was preaching, you know, hellfire and brimstone or whatever. And then there was a storm going on and the power went out. Like right at the end of his message, Neil lost his mind. He's like, oh, I'm going to get baptized now. <laughs> Something clicked in him. And he's, he thought, you know, whatever. I need to get baptized right now. And he goes to this, this preacher and he's like, hey, yeah, I got to get baptized. And he's like, yeah, yeah, we'll do it. We're going to do it right now. <laughs> like, we need to do it right now. So, so he got baptized right then. And, um, that's, that's what, you know, it says right now. So if you're, if you're, if you're ready, then we can do it. Doesn't matter, you know. The water's sketchy. Whatever, we'll do it. I don't care. Can't be any worse than what I've been in. That's when you get baptized. So you get baptized, you know, without waiting for other people. I know it's nice to have everyone around. I know it's nice to, you know, have your family come in or whatever. But you don't need to wait for that. And, you know. There's no need to wait. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what tomorrow holds. So whenever you're ready, you know, baptism is a, a Bible command, not a, a tradition, not a family tradition. So, I mean, if, you, if they're here, if you want to wait for them to be here, that's fine. But, um, you know, you don't have to do that. You, know, you can baptize whenever, whenever you're ready. Amen. So what happens at baptism? There's a, there's a shift in our relationship um, with God when I'm baptized in His name. I enter into a legal covenant with him. Baptism is an announcement of, of a covenant, and it's not just by you, but it's by God also. It's not just you saying, okay, I'm going to live for Jesus. Now I belong to him. It's Jesus saying, you belong to me. They belong to me. We are in a covenant together. They belong to me now. They are mine now. And I've told this before an example about how if I come to your house and <clears throat> I got a can of paint and I still on your floor, um, going to be nice. My sister-in-law did that to us, but we had a drop cloth, so we were saved. But you know, if I go to your house and I still paint on the floor, you know, or whatever, I'm like, oh man, I'm so sorry. Uh, please forgive me. And you're like, yes, fine. Don't worry about it. Um, it's okay. You forgive me. That's good. It's a good thing. We got the air cleared there, but there's still a bunch of paint on the floor. Right? Forgive us only, you forgive me, it's fine, but the paint needs to be washed away. And so when Jesus forgives us, you know, it's, it's a good thing, it's, it's an important thing, but there's still that stain that needs to be, needs to be washed away. So when we get baptized, that's when that stain is, is removed. It's good to be forgiven, don't get me wrong, but it's better to have that washed away. My sins are washed away or remitted Amen. when I am baptized. It's God's work of forgiveness accomplishing in Luke 
24 and 47 all. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in His name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. The verse before that says that's the whole reason why Jesus came and died was so that this could happen. So repentance and remission of sins could be preached everywhere, starting at Jerusalem. And in Acts 2 and 38, you know, be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. The word remission means the cancellation of debt. The cancellation of a charge or a penalty. And we learned last week that the wages of sin is death. So the penalty of sin and the price of sin and the debt of sin is death. So when we repent and we're baptized, that debt is canceled. All we've ever done is gone. It's just wiped clean. Right? I don't know how many people have debt here. Um, most of us probably have some sort of bill that we need to pay. Amen. Credit cards. Um, car payments, house payments, loans, whatever, student loans, whatever it is. Can you imagine you know, going to the bank or checking your online statement and yesterday was minus $12,000 or whatever and today it's a big fat zero. That'd be pretty sweet. Amen. Pretty, pretty awesome, right? Yeah. Feel pretty good. And that's, that's what baptism is. I've got this sin, you know, and then when I'm baptized, it's remitted. It's put back down to zero. It's all washed away. It's all clean. The, and the score is settled. The debt is paid. Acts 22 and 16 says, Why tarest thou? Arise, be baptized, and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Our sins are washed away. My conscience is washed and cleansed, so I can be free from my past way of thinking. First Peter 3 and 21 says, the like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of the good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It changes our thinking. It changes our mind and how we, how we approach things. <clears throat> I lost where I was. My body is buried in a grave of water, portraying the, the death of my whole life. Romans 6 and 3 says, Know ye not that so many of us were baptized unto Jesus as we're baptized into Jesus Christ, we're baptized into his death. So it symbolizes our death to our old lives and living a new one. Our sins are legally blotted out when we are baptized. No longer on the record. Colossians 2, 12 to 15 says, Buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him, through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances which was against us. So all the, the score that was written down against us has been washed and been blotted out, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. So our sins are washed away. The score, the debt is washed away. And I am born again of the water, like Jesus told Nicodemus about in John chapter 3. Able to be part of the kingdom, living a new life now, starting over the clean slate. I will take upon myself the name of Jesus Christ when I am baptized. The only saving name. We put on Christ when we're baptized. Galatians 3 and 27 says, For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. We become part of his family. We're adopted in, and every, every family has a name, right? Amen. Uh, ours is Shepherd, as you know. We've got some, some of you guys. We've got some stalkers. 
Got some troopers. Got some holidays. Got some weirds. We got some different family names. Every family's got a name. You're going to be part of the family and you need to have that name. That's what makes you part of that family. Amen. Legally. Um, when we baptize in Jesus' name, we take on his name. We have a new family name. We become part of his family. And uh, when we're baptized, we apply the burial of Jesus to our, our lives, making it effective. Romans 6 and 4 again says, Therefore are we are baptized, sorry, therefore we are buried with him in baptism unto death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also walk in newness of life. When we're baptized, we show that we are publicly beginning a new life and committing ourselves to Jesus in his church. Acts 2, 41 to 42. Says, and sorry, I'm trying to read so fast. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added to them about 3,000 souls, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles of doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and prayers. <clears throat> That's what put them into the church, was being baptized, being filled with the Spirit. All right, we're all still awake. All right, one more thing. Just test it. Paul compares baptism to the story of, of um, Israel coming out of Egypt and crossing the Red Sea. 1 Corinthians 10, 1-2, it says, Moreover, brethren, I would not that ye should be ignorant, how that all our fathers were under the cloud, and all passed through the sea, and were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. So once, we know the story, once Israel leaves Egypt, they, they come to the Red Sea, and they've got to cross this Red Sea. But once they've crossed that Red Sea, the people, Paul says, signifies baptism. Once they've gone through that, Pharaoh and the armies of Egypt, they're past. They couldn't get to them through the water. We know Israel crossed over on the other side, and Pharaoh and his army tried to, tried to follow in the, the, the walls of the sea, came down and, and washed them all away. And he used that as an example. Your past is left behind when you're baptized. The devil cannot legally bring up your past anymore. God says that he has forgotten your past. Not to bring it up anymore. And only you can choose to go back to that past. If you're a sinner and you repent and, and, and become baptized, you enter into a new covenant. If, you're, if you've been to that and you've gone back, you, know, you can make that decision to come back again. <clears throat> so how should I be baptized? The last question. Repentance must always go before baptism. They work together to accomplish the forgiveness of sins. And the same way repentance without baptism is complete. They go together. They're inseparable. So keeping up with the, the Red Sea story. If, if Israel, they couldn't go through the Red Sea if they didn't leave Egypt. Right? The only way for them to go through the Red Sea was to leave Egypt. To leave their, their world behind to start a new life. So if you're going to go through baptism, you need to leave stuff behind. You need to repent. You need to leave that behind. And just like you don't bury someone until they're dead, you go to jail for that. You don't bury someone until they're dead. You don't, you don't get baptized until you repent it. All right. Let's finish this up. The Bible tells us um, the mode and the formula. It tells us, the Bible tells us how to do it, the way to do it, and how it's, how it's done. 
The mode, what is done, is being immersed in water. The word baptism itself means to be submerged in water. Jesus was baptized by immersion. Um, and every baptism in the Bible was by immersion. John 3.23, Acts 8. Um, that's what the word means, to immerse or submerge, to immerse or to submerge under water. And it's the best portrayal of a burial and resurrection in Romans 8, or sorry, Romans 6 and 4 that we've already read a few times. Um, if you have someone that's, that's dead, <laughs> this is lovely and morbid, mm -hmm. we don't just throw a little bit of dirt on their faces and that's it, we're good. Imagine you're going to go to a funeral and that's it. It's not. You got to bury them. You got to, I know it's awkward and weird to talk about, but they got to be buried. And every baptism in the Bible was by immersion. And Acts 8, 38-39 says, He ordered the chariot to stop. And they both went down into the water, and Philip baptized them when they had come up out of the water. If you're going to come up out of something, you've got to be down in something. Right? So they're down in the water, they come up out of the water. That's the only way. And the formula, what is said, is in the name of Jesus Christ. Every baptism in the book of Acts was performed in Jesus Name Acts 2, Acts 8, 10, 19, 22, all through the book of Acts. And in the epistles, the, the letters to the Christians, to the church, constantly um, teach baptism in Jesus' name. Colossians 3 and 17 says, Whatever you do in word or do in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Everything we're doing needs to be in Jesus' name. Jesus is the only name that has power to save us. Acts 4 and 12 says, Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Philippians 2, 9 to 11 says, Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. And at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven, those on earth, and those under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus is the one God, the Almighty God. Revelation 1 and 8 says that the most important reason to be baptized in the name of Jesus is because He is God. The Bible teaches that He is the Father. Isaiah 9 and 6, the Son, Matthew 1, 21, the Holy Spirit, 2 Corinthians 3, 17 to 18, Philippians 1 and 19, and all through the Bible, we'll see it. All the fullness of God dwells in Christ bodily, Colossians 2 and 9. And the name of Jesus represents all power and authority of God, Matthew 2, 28 and 18, Acts 4 and 7, 4 and 10, Hebrews 1 and 4, whatever. It's in there. We've gone through it. We can go through it again if you want. Well, it's no wonder that the Bible tells us we need to be baptized in Jesus' name. So if you're baptized in either the mode or the formula, is incorrect if you're sprinkled or use the titles and um, follow the Son of the Holy Spirit. If you've done it any other way, just whatever. Yeah. Um, you haven't been baptized scripturally. Right. And baptism is by immersion in the name of Jesus. The Bible records um, one place where people were rebaptized, and that's not really a correct term because they weren't truly baptized the first way or the right the first time. So. Um, so what do I do if I've been baptized another way? There's a story in Acts chapter 19. There were, there were guys that were um, disciples of John the Baptist, and they were trying to follow you know, his teaching as best they could. And um, they were baptized, you know, how John was baptizing people just said, you know, for repentance, you know, you're baptized, and they weren't baptized in the name of Jesus. Um, 
In Acts chapter 19, verse 3 to 5, it says, And he said unto them, Into what were you baptized? And they said, Unto John's baptism. And Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him who would come after him. So John said, you know, I'm going to baptize you for repentance, but there's somebody coming after who's going to baptize you. You know, the Holy Ghost of fire, he said. And, and so they were baptized, and it said, um, should we, one would come after him, that, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So they were baptized one way, and then they, they found out they need to be baptized in Jesus' name and they're baptized again. You know, some people baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, quoting um, Matthew 28 and 19. Um, but we know that the name says in the name, right? We know that the name of the Father is Jesus, but the name of the Son is Jesus, the name of the Holy Ghost is Jesus. John um, 5, 43, Matthew 1 and 21, John 4, or sorry, John 14, 26. Jesus said, baptize in the name. And he'd been with them for three and a half years now, and he'd been teaching them, and he'd been showing them who he was. He'd shown them that he was the Father. I am the Father of one, he said. And he was showing them, and he was going to show them that he was the Holy Ghost. He said, I'm going to you know, come back and comfort you. I'm going to send you a comforter. And he was teaching them all these things all this time. And at the end, he said, I want you to baptize in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he's kind of, in my mind, giving them this final test. Make sure they got what he'd been teaching this whole time. That, you know, I, you know, I am the Father of one, but obviously I'm the Son, and then the Holy Ghost is coming. And, and we see all through the book of Acts that they got it, and that's how they baptized. That's how they did it. And the Bible, the Bible teaches that Jesus is the Father. It's already said this, Isaiah 9 and 6, the Son, Matthew 1, 21, the Holy Ghost, 2 Corinthians 3, 17 to 18. And all the fullness of the Godhead dwells in Christ bodily. We know this. So the disciples, they all baptized in the name of Jesus. Always and exclusively, baptism was in the name of Jesus. It's the only way. Um, in baptism, our faith in Christ, our repentance of sin and blood shed for the remission of sin. In the name of Jesus, all to come together in one holy moment to wash away our sins. <clears throat> all right, I'm going to prove to you that we're all baptized in Jesus' name. You ready? <laughs> I am going forever. Please forgive me. Almost done. Acts 2.38. We got that. <laughs> the day of Pentecost. Repent and baptize everyone you in the name of Jesus. For the mission of sins. The Samaritans. Acts 8.15-16. says, Who were there come down pray for them that might receive the Holy Ghost? For as yet it was fallen upon none of them. And they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Cornelius, the first of the Gentiles. Acts 10 and 48, he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord, which is Jesus. Then they prayed that they tarry certain days. The disciples of John, we just heard about, Acts 19 and 5, when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Paul's baptism, Acts 22 and 16, why tarryest thou? Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. So the most important reason to be baptized in the name of Jesus is that he is God and power is in his name. We tell about, you know, if I had a check and I write on it, I'm a father, I'm a son, I'm a, a husband, I'm a, I'm a pastor, I'm whatever you want to call me, I'm a wacko, whatever you want to call me, different things people call me. You know, I can write those things on a check and give it to you and million dollars, sign it. Father is not going to cash for a couple of reasons. One, I don't have a million. Two, Father isn't a person's name. There's no authority in that name. The authority is in the name. 
In the name of Jesus is what we call when we're baptized. Yes. Power is in the name of my wife. If you come back, please, and thank you. And we'll end this. This is not supposed to be this long. <clears throat> Let's all stand. I hope it, I hope I helped. I don't know. I know there's a lot of verses. Um, we're just going to sing a song. We're going to pray together. Um, kind of end it like last week. Unless we spent some time in our repentance. And you know, if you're good, just thank God for, for this. Amen. The way that he's, he's paid away, or paved away for us to be, become part of his family, be together with him. Forgive our sins. Spend some time and thank him for what he's done. Thank him for remission of sin, for forgiving us. And if you want to be baptized, let me know. Let someone know we can get that done. Um, here, elsewhere, wherever you go. If there's water, let's do it. I don't care. Anyway, let's just pray. Let's sing this song together. Let's just thank God um, what he's done for us. I know it's a little like, weird ending, but anyway, let's just pray together. Let's just thank God. In Jesus' name.